This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Welcome to the Kickin' Life Podcast. Your host, your truly Kickin' Life guru, Master Rich Grogan. Hey, as Rocky says, nothing hits harder in life. It's not about how hard you can hit, but how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. And that's how winning is done. And I want you to be a winner. I want you to be your very, very best. I want to inspire and motivate you to believe in yourself. So when, not if, but when life knocks you down, you get right back up with that confidence that I can take on more, I can do more, and I can live my best kick in life. All right, so buckle up, saddle up, here we go. Kicking lifers out there, kicking life guru master Rich Grogan here. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Wow, wow, wow. Another great, exciting episode coming your way. And as always, if you haven't checked out our previous episodes, make sure you do so. Last one, we had Professor Brandon Beliso on. We're going to have him on again today. He talked about it's your race. It's your space. It's your place. Run your own race. Great episode. And a couple episodes prior to that, we talked a little bit about uh, anxiety and stress and depression and battling through and overcoming those, you know, mental demons, if you will. And I, I call those things mental demons because what they do is they're like demons. They try and pull you down to the depths of hell, if you will. But just pulling you down below who you are, trying to keep you down or beat you, beat your knees, keep you there if you let it. You know the old Rocky saying, you know, it's not about how hard you can hit, about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. Yeah, that's how winning is done. But, uh, you know, talking about stressors as anxiety, depression, sometimes life, yeah, will beat you down, right? Keep you down if you let it. That's what this show is all about, the Kick in Life show, about giving you that kick in life to live your best kick in life. Yeah, good stuff there. So what's been going on? Well, I'll tell you what, folks. Yesterday, I had the honor to go to another school, got started back on kind of round two of my school tours. And just a reminder, I go to these all the, as many different grade schools as I can within uh, the calendar year and then, you know, some over the summer. And then I actually had a speech today with a ladies group. But yesterday's speech we'll talk about was um, at LeClaire Elementary School here in Edwardsville, Illinois. And the biggest thing, the biggest message was all about manners, discipline, and respect, which circles around to my belief that I talk about all the time. The number one thing is belief in yourself. Believe it in yourself, having the courage and confidence to have good manners, discipline, and respect. Now, I know that sounds crazy, right? Why do you need courage and confidence to have good manners, discipline, and respect? Because it's almost as if (laughs) when when you hear a kid that says please and thank you and you're welcome and makes eye contact and is focused and you're almost like, whoa, where's this kid from? Because it's almost become a lost art in today's society, right? That's a shame. So it almost takes, well, not almost, it does take that extra courage and confidence and belief in yourself to have the good manners, to be different, to say please, to say thank you, to be respectful. Yeah, have that courage and confidence and belief in yourself. So the biggest thing I talked to the kids about was, and I'll you know, kind of role play some of it, so try and get the visual if you can in your mind. I did three different assemblies, once one with all the kindergartners, and there's like five kindergartner class, uh, each average about 25 students, so 100 and something. Uh, class and then I had the first grade and the second grade. Well, I have them come in and I we kind of role play and play these things out. I'll come in and introduce myself and then I'll say, hey, how are we doing? Kind of in a 
dragged down monotone voice, and the kids are like, um, okay. <laughs> and then I say, hey, how we doing? How we feeling? In an exciting, energetic voice. And yeah, that pumps them up and gets them going. Well, I move into that talking about how words have power, but also how you say the words have power. So an example, once I get the kids all riled up, I have them say, look to, look to their teachers and say, you're awesome, you're awesome, and it's making everybody feel good because those positive energy, those positive words are coming across, you know, and you look good, you look great, you're awesome, I believe in me, and yeah, everybody's roaring, I'm, heck, I'm up here wanting to do right, <laughs> right crosses and round kicks and everything else, just feeling good about it. Actually, standing up, I do that with the kids, and I'm like, whoa! But anyway, how words have power, and the way you say those words, they have power. And what I mean by that is, and I have the kids role play this, I'll say, I want you to frown, and if you have to draw the frown face, you know, put your hands on your, or your fingers by your lips there and pull it down like you got a frowny face. There you go. You got a frowny face, and I want you to say, please. Sort of like if someone reminded you to say, oh, what'd you forget to say? And you say, oh, please. Think about that. That's a powerful word, please, right? But when you say it in that way, it loses its meaning, right? Yeah. Now, I want you to do this, and I have the kids do this, and you can do this. If you're driving, probably you don't take your hands off the wheel. But if you're listening to some of the time, take your fingers and put them right by your, your, your cheeks again, and then draw that happy face. <laughs> and now you're saying, oh, my gosh, that is the weirdest thing. However, this is advice I give on those days when you wake up, and it's tough to be happy some days. You wake up, and you're like, oh, man, just dragging butt. I get it, man. Some days it's freaking tough. It's tough to be happy. But fake it till you make it. I had the kids saying that yesterday, too. Fake it till you. And they're going to say, make it, make it. And of course, they had no idea what that meant, and I explained it to them. But sometimes you got to fake that smile. But by doing that, folks, taking and making your own smile, looking in the mirror, even on days you're down, if you try and hold that smile up there, it's crazy. But you hold it up there, look in the mirror, three to five seconds, you're going to see how ridiculous it looks, and you're probably going to smile at laughing at yourself. And automatically, that's going to trigger a response. Once you're like, okay, all right, it's not that bad. Because I almost guarantee that 97, 95, 97% of your life is pretty dang good, right? We live in a free country. You're listening to this podcast, so it means you have access to uh, media, right? You've got a cell phone. You've got a house to live in. You've got a roof over your head. You've got food. For the most part, I'm sure you and your family are healthy, right? You're not having to you know, go out and get buckets of water. You're not wondering where your next meal's coming from. Yeah. So we got a lot of good things. You got a car, you probably got a job. You got a lot of things that to be thankful for. Now, granted, there could be, you know, things could be better. They could always be better. But like I said, 95, 97% of your life is pretty doggone good. So why do we choose to focus on the three to five percent that's not so good? I don't know. That's a mystery, isn't it? It is. Well, a big thing is the media. And you know how I feel about the media. Ugh. Don't watch the media. Don't watch the news. Turn it off. CNN, constantly negative network. That's all of them. That just, you know, CNN's got the nice little acronym there, if you will, CNN, constantly negative network. But uh, they, they all do that. And what uh, the speech I gave today, and I'll get back to the kids in just a second, is want to touch on this, is um, the media's one and only job is, well, it should be to inform, but really all it's doing is to inflict fear. They know how the brain works. The limbic system in your brain, I don't want to go too technical here, but the limbic system in your, in your brain is the oldest part of the brain. It's uh, often known as the reptilian brain, right? It's been around, and 
the uh, that part of the brain has the fight or flight and or fight or flight. Uh, base, and that's what his job and responsibility is to keep you safe, to keep you uh, back in the caveman days when the cavemen went out to hunt. That part of the brain is what kept them on alert in case a saber toothed tiger was going to jump out of the woods and eat them, right? <laughs> that's the part of the brain. It's like, whoa! And it sends that cortisol, that adrenaline to the through the veins, that hormone is pumping through your veins, that chemicals got you on a high alert. Well, the media knows this, and that's, I mean, and why? Do they do this? Because the more you're in, afflicted with fear, the more you're going to want, oh, my gosh, is the world really coming to an end? Oh, my gosh, did we have another terrorist attack? Oh, my gosh, is, is this going on here? Is it safe to go out in the streets? Is it safe to do this and that? You're constantly watching because you're like, is the world going to hell in a handbasket? I got to know. That fear-based mindset, and that's what they do. And they get paid billions, if not trillions of dollars for doing it. Advertisers just continue to flood money in because CNN and Fox and NBC and all those other stations, they know this stuff. That's why they do it. I'm telling you this. They don't care about you. (laughs) They care about the money they're getting from the advertisement. They want you to live in this fear-stricken world. Don't watch it. The world is not that bad. There are bad things, yes. But for the most part, I would gather to say 95 to 97% of your life is pretty doggone good. Don't buy into all that fear-based mindset that the media throws at you. If you do, man, you can't live a happy life when you're scared to death about everything. You're paranoid. You're paranoid. Is today my last day? Oh, my gosh. Now, I will tell you, live each day as if it could be your last day so you know you got the most out of it. Now, is that easy? Heck, yeah, it's easy for me to say it. Is it easy to do? Heck, no. That's where that fake it, if, fake it till you make it comes in. Some days you have to force that smile. Some days, that I'm kidding, it's freaking tough to be happy. It is. But once you start counting your blessings, once you start thinking, you know what, it's really not that bad. I got some good things going on here. Plant that one positive thought in the morning, and that'll do something to your brain. Your brain will start focusing instead of on negative, <clears throat> instead of on fear-based, instead of on everything that's going wrong in the world, it'll start focusing on gratitude. Because what you focus on, Finish it for me, folks. What you focus on magnifies. Yes, that law of attraction, it it works. What you put out there, you're going to get back. Put out negative vibes, you're going to get negative vibes back, right? Serious. You know, you hang around negative people, they're going to bring you down. You're automatically going to start thinking negative. That's just how the mind works. So plant that early seed in the morning. Fake it till you make it. Put that smile on. And something happens in your brain, your brain starts starting to find other gratitude, other things you need to be thankful for. Then what happens? Your smile gets a little bit bigger. Then it radiates down to your heart. Your heart's like, yeah, this is pretty good. And here's the main one, your stomach. Your stomach. When you're not stressed out, when you're not worried, when you're not fear-based that the world's going to end or you're going to have a terrorist attack or anything else that's going on here, if you're worried about those things, what's your stomach doing, folks? It's a knot's. Yes. Why is it in knots? Very reason, the fight or flight, I was talking about the very, very beginning. When you're in a panic mode, anxiety, depression, fear-based, stressed, two, two hormones, two chemicals are released in your brain, cortisol and adrenaline. That's that fight or flight. It's meant to protect you. And when cortisol and adrenaline are rushing through your veins, your digestive system shuts down. Your immune system shuts down. Your growth system shuts down means your skin doesn't grow, your hair doesn't grow, all everything, your major, or not major organs, <laughs> major systems 
are shut down because your body needs all it can focused on the big muscles because you've got to protect yourself against that saber-toothed tiger that's going to jump out of the woods and eat you. What? Yeah. We don't have saber-toothed tigers jumping out of the woods nowadays. But that part of the brain is still there. The media knows that, and that's what they sell it on. But the whole thing is when your digestive system shuts down, you're stressed, you're panicked, your stomach's in knots, it's meant to fight or flight, have that quick, bang, I've got all the energy I need to defend myself, and then it's meant to be flushed out. It's meant to be flushed out as quickly as possible. Once the fear, once the threat is over, that needs to go. But it stays there. We're in a constant state of stress, constant state of anxiety, constant state of fear. And if our digestive system shut down, if our immune system shut down, do you wonder why people have ulcers and belly aches, digestive problems, why people get sick a lot? Because your, 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 your systems aren't doing their job. Your digestive system's not digesting your food. And your stomach's going, rrr, 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 doing all that stuff, right? And your immune system is not doing its job. It's on high alert. So turn that crap off. Yeah, I just called it crap because that's what it is. <laughs> it's balling all the crap up in your stomach, if you will. Listen to something positive. Listen to Kickin' Life podcast. Share this with somebody else. Inspire, empower, and motivate them. That's how you feel good, folks. That's how you do it. So anyway, with the stomach, like I mentioned, if you're feeling good, your stomach's doing what it needs to be doing. The digestive system's working right, and you're feeling good. However, when you're stressed out, that stomach knots up. And I tell you what, there is no way, no way to have your best day with a stomach ache. Stomach ache ruins your day. I mean, I don't know anybody that wakes up in the morning and says, you know what? I hope today that I get the worst stomach ache of my life because that's what I live for. And of course, I say that to the kids and they're all, oh, what? All goofy and laughing. But it's true. Nobody wants a stomach ache. You cannot function properly with a stomach ache. And I tell you this from experience because I've uh, stressed out of my mind countless times anxiety, depression. I had ulcers, over worrying about just nonsense. I'm getting better at it, folks, and that's why I'm telling you, because if my stomach feels good, I feel good, and a lot of it, I faked it, faked it, faked it for the longest time until I made it, made it, made it. <laughs> you hear me there? Because it feels no good to have stomach aches and ulcerations and digestive system problems. My gosh, you're all backed up. There's no way you can be happy, and that's that stress mind-based, fear-based, mind-based, fear-based, mind-based, stress mind-based. You know what I'm saying. There's fear and stress in your mind, and that radiates through your whole body. All right. So anyway, back to the kids about the, well, actually that was the thing about faking that smile. And when the smile working, the mind starts focusing on gratitude, then the heart feels good, the belly feels good, and you're feeling good. Of course, on the other side, you start focusing on all the things that are wrong, all the things you're upset about, worrying about. Man, the mind starts finding more things to be worried about. The heart starts to break. The frown gets worse. And, of course, right down. The stomach says, hey, I don't want to be left out here. Why don't I show you how tough I really am? I'll cramp up in knots. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Crazy. But that's exactly how it works. Exactly how it works. So, anyway, um, the speech with the kiddos, man, fantastic. We talked about, like I mentioned, uh, well, we touched on planting the right seeds. But the biggest thing on the words, how you say them. You know, please, if you say please or thank you. Obviously, those please and thank you are powerful words, but when you say them in that manner, oh, that's, not, that's not good. It changes the whole meaning. So I had them say it in a negative way, like the please, thank you. And then I had to say it, please. And I said, kids, 
and adults, you 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 can uh, identify with this. When the kids really want something, what do they say? And I had them say this, and they were all laughing. Ready? Please, 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 please. <laughs> When's the last time you had your kids say that, right? When they wanted something. Yeah. So I said, well, of course, that gets annoying, but you see how powerful that word is. It's a good word. And then I said, oh, thank you. Say it in a respectful way. How would you like if somebody th- said thank you to you? Now, I didn't say condescending to the kids. They wouldn't know what the heck that meant. But I said in a disrespectful, rude way, like, thank you. It wouldn't make you feel very good. So don't say that to your parents that way. Say it in a respectful way. Thank you. And then, of course, you're welcome. And it's kind of building on that. And all that we're talking about, when you put negativity out there, if you say please in a rude, disrespectful way, or thank you in a rude, disrespectful way, or you're welcome, all that does is that sends toxicity out there. You're putting yuckiness out. You're throwing it out there. You're spitting that toxicity, if you will, at somebody else. And your goal, obviously, with your mind, why you said it, is to (laughs) not really, well, I guess maybe it is to poison them because you're getting back at them. But guess what? You're the one spitting the crap out. Yeah. So it's in you coming out. Now, is it easy to change? Well, yeah, it's easy as flipping a light switch. No, it's not. No, it is not. I should say it's as simple as flipping a light switch, but it's not easy. But here's what you do. Catch yourself. Catch yourself when you're doing it. Right before it comes out, oop, like almost grab those words and cram them back in your mouth and say it. Take a breath. Count to three and say it in a better way. The more you condition yourself to catch yourself before you, you say something, before you do something, before you um, spit negativity out, stop it in its tracks. It's going to be tough the first few times, especially if you've got years built up of doing it. But I promise you, it's going to be better. It's going to be a fight at first. It really is. But it's going to be better. All those little things. You know, I've talked before about, you know, taking shortcuts. You've got to look out for yourself, and you've got to take advantage of every opportunity and, uh, and, and seize the moment of an opportunity that presents itself in order to help somebody else. And last week we talked about success through service of helping others, not success at the expense of others, you know, take advantage of others, you know, always getting that one up on somebody or, you know, I've got to be careful because everybody's going to take advantage of me. I tell you, folks, if you live a life like that, and I tell you from experience because I did, I like to think I was never a bad person. But I took advantage of, you know, shortcuts and opportunities. And, you know, I thought, you know, there was an elevator to success and I was going to ride it high because I was going to do this and that. There is no elevator success. You've got to take the stairs. Thing with elevators, you think it's a quick ride up, that elevator is going to break down numerous times and then you're stuck. Now, a lot of times on the stairs, you're going to get knocked back down the stairs, but you control it. You control the, the pace and the, the effort that goes up those stairs. In an elevator, you think it's quick and simple. That, and unfortunately, a lot of people that are outside the entrepreneurial world, they see that. Oh, it must be easier. It must be nice. You know, we've all seen that iceberg, that iceberg of uh, success. The tip that sticks out above the water says success, but that foundation below, uh, below the iceberg, below the water, I'm sorry, the iceberg below it, is all about, you know, failure, late nights, hard work, you know, perseverance, sweat. Tears, crying, <laughs> all those failures, everything that is kind of compound to build that foundation of that iceberg. And obviously we know, speaking of an iceberg, sinking the Titanic, it wasn't the top of the iceberg that sunk the, sunk, sunk, listen to me, sunk the Titanic. It was the base, that foundation. So anyway, folks, I'm telling you from experience there, all back to the fake it till you make it, make that smile, 
and if you have to paint that baby on in the morning, you win the morning, you're going you're gonna to more than likely win the day. So that, that was kind of the speeches with the kiddos there and the speeches with the ladies today was all about, uh, number one thing, about believing in themselves. And it was a little about self-awareness and self-empowerment to build up their self-confidence for kind of a self-defense. It was a little 30-minute. Well, it actually ended up being 45 minutes because I got a talking problem, and then we had a bunch of questions afterwards. But it all relates to the same thing. Self-confidence and that belief in yourself is so, so, so powerful. And unfortunately today, um, the media and everything else gives us reasons not to believe in ourselves and not to believe in our fellow man and not to believe that things are going to be all right. Once again, not that they care about us. They care about the ratings. They care about the dollars they're getting from sponsorship and uh, from uh, advertisement and everything else coming through. Turn that stuff off. Turn it off. So that... And that went on a little longer than I'd expected. Sorry about that, folks. But hopefully I painted a good picture for you. And Professor Beliso has been waiting on hold here, so I'm going to get him on. And he's going to talk today about money is the root of all evil. Is it? Is it really? I don't know. I'm going to let Professor Beliso, because he's, uh, he's on a deadline here, so he's going to chat for a few minutes, and then he's going to um, he's got an appointment coming up. And then I... <laughs> I'm going to jump on and give you my take on it. So, Professor Beliso, thank you so very much for your patience and for holding. And I, I tell you, my friend, I love you, man. I really do, and I appreciate your time and everything you do to help out the show and help so many people in such a wonderful way. So, Professor, go ahead, sir. Hey, Rich, Brandon Beliso here, and it's a real honor to be with all of the cool people today. Today I want to talk to you about a saying, money is the root of all evil. And, and I, I really want to change that. Um, because I know I used to think that way. And let me give you a little background on that. I grew up very poor. At Several times throughout my childhood, we were on welfare and food stamps. My parents fought over money. There were times we were wondering if the rent was going to get paid, electricity was going to get paid. We never celebrated birthdays. I can recall between the age of 0 and 18, uh, I got three things in my life. A G.I. Joe, a basketball, and a 45 record of the Tears of the Clown by Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. And that was it. My family did not have the money. We bought our clothes at secondhand stores. We shopped in the dented canned food store with food stamps. So I saw money as a source of pain. And so I, I, I'd read that saying, I don't know if it was in the Bible or where I'd read that, but it was very profound that money is the root of all evil. And today what I understand, money is not the root of all evil, it's people. People are the one using money inappropriately and acting in devilish ways. That's it. It's the long and short. Money by itself, if you put $100 on the table and you look at it, it's simply a piece of paper. It is not evil. It is simply a, a piece of paper. So what I began to understand as I grew up, that money became a vehicle. Money was simply a vehicle to allow me to move from A to B. Money became a vehicle to let me help other people. Money became a vehicle so I could take care of my family, take care of my team, take care of my needs as well as give back and serve and, and, and by sharing that with the community. So money by itself has, has no value whatsoever. We give money value. It becomes the currency based upon our belief system, based upon our need uh, to have a way of buying and selling things. So I really want you to write that down. Money is not the root of all evil. People are the root of all evil and how they choose to behave when they use money inappropriately. That is it. There's the long and short. So once I really understood that, I began to look at money not as um, 
a definitive end to my means, meaning to say, you get money, you pay for electricity. If I get money, I can pay rent. Money is now more a creative tool. It's one of many moving parts in, in, in my life today to help me get from A to point B in fulfilling my purpose, fulfilling my vision of what it is I want to do with my life. My wife wants to remodel the house. Well, that's going to take money. Where does that money take, come from? Where does the revenue get generated? And, and that's the process. And once we recognize that and know that we as small entrepreneurs, as small business owners, should be taking profit and should be using money to serve our, our purpose, then, on then and only then are things going to change. Most of the time, we're a boss to ourselves and we're a bad boss to ourselves and we pay ourselves last, right? The old American way. First thing I do, I pay the rent, I pay payroll, I pay everything, everything, and whatever's left over, I get. Money in, pay the expenses, whatever's left over, I get. Not anymore in my life. I take my profit first. I take my owner's compensation first. And then I take care of everything else. And by separating that into different pots, I have a pot each month for operating expenses, a pot each month for what I get paid, a pot each month for taxes. That's where a little bit goes into each one, kind of like the trickle system. If I wait for, for you know, to get the scraps at the end of everything, I'm never going to pay myself well, I'm never going to take any profit, and my life will suffer. So I think creating that balance and then you don't spend inappropriately. If you pay yourself last and you decide you want to get a I don't know, you want to lease a printer for your business, guess what? You're going to do that first before you pay yourself. If you decide you want to buy all this equipment, you know, and you haven't paid yourself yet, you're not going to get paid that month. So it's very important that you have that disciplined vision to put a little bit into each account, a little bit towards taxes, a little bit towards owner's comp, a little bit towards profit, a little bit towards operating expenses, and the band played on. So once, once I, I began to understand that that's how money works and money was not the root of all evil, I stopped paying myself last and I changed the way that's being addressed. Now, what really drove that home for me recently was a book called The Profits First. Read the book, Profits First. It's by Michael M. I can't pronounce his last name, but it's a very popular book. It's revolutionizing the way people look at their financial situation and how they choose to deal with it, especially if you're a small business owner and an entrepreneur. Cool? Hey, for all of my stuff, go to brandonbeliso.com. Uh, find me at all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest. I'm everywhere. Until we talk again, folks, please, 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 you go out there and live your best life. Thank you so very much, Professor Beliso. Golly. I mean it, my friend. You're, you're a wonderful, wonderful human being. I enjoy our every chance we get to talk. Thank you very, very much. Keep up the great work. Have a blessed day, sir. And uh, I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. So what do you think there, folks? Is money the root of all evil? Hmm. No, it is not. Professor Bleaso touched on it. Uh, as far as money, or not money, it's people. And I agree 1,000%. Because money can't do anything by itself, Right. And I was brought up similar to Professor Beliso there. Yeah, I don't know. We <laughs> Not quite like, uh, oh, oh, my gosh, it just slipped my mind here. What was his name? I live, Matt Foley, living in a van down by the river. Get used to a steady diet of government cheese. You guys remember that? <laughs> well, I laugh at that, and I can laugh at that, because there were a number of times that we had government cheese when I was growing up. Yeah. 
Now, I had, you know, nice things, uh, and my family did everything it could. Dad did everything he could. He was a workaholic. But there were a number of times that uh, and my parents fought over money all the time. There was never enough money to do anything, and, and we did <laughs> have a steady diet of government cheese from time to time. Embarrassing to say, and I used to be flat-out embarrassed to say it. My parents probably still aren't happy that I'm mentioning it, but it just goes to show that they built that perseverance and that mindset to continue battling through and to never give up. And that's kind of the whole message that we talk about now with the kids at the academy or anytime I go and give speeches about that belief in yourself and the world is going to knock your butt down to get back up and battle through. So, but uh, we had it better than, than, than a lot of people, but there were that, uh, that <laughs> little bit of steady diet of government cheese. I remember when my mom had a job uh, that uh, the plant closed down. She's an administrative assistant, and she didn't have a job for a while. And she actually worked at a T-shirt, Harley-Davidson T-shirt shop. And, you know, that, that just goes show my mom how great she was. She did everything she could to provide for us kids. And Dad was, like I said, a workaholic, but you know, he didn't have the nicest. He was an over-the-road truck driver, and his truck was always breaking down. And it seemed like he was not only gone all the time, but anytime he was home, he was working on the truck just to try and get it in running condition to get it back out there. So there were some tough, tough times growing up. You know, we grew up on the farm, so milk was from the milk cow there. And uh, a lot of times with, uh, um, what was it, we would pasteurize our own milk. But the, well, I guess it was, I don't know how they did it, but all I know is we'd go there and wait in line and get the cheese. And that, and it was uh, it was a little on the embarrassing side. I didn't know any better, but I know my parents were embarrassed by it, and they're probably embarrassed by me saying this. But that was all part of the growing up. And Dad, when he was a kid, Mom, when she was a kid, they were dirt, dirt, dirt poor. Matter of fact, Dad only had an eighth-grade education there, and, you know, he didn't have uh, – his father was, was never around. And he had a rough upbringing, and, and so did so many in that era. But he was determined to give a better life, and all he knew how to do was work hard. And even though he had only had an eighth-grade education, that man instilled the work ethic in me. Now, was he the best father growing up? I'm going to say he was the best he very, that he could be. He did the absolute best he could, and he tried to provide a better uh, future for me than he had and my sister than he had, and he did the best he could. And I love him to death for instilling that work ethic and drive. No, I sure as heck didn't understand it as a kid nor as a teenager when we did not get along at all, but he did the best he could, and I love him dearly for it. But I know, I grew up with the same mindset of, you know, money is, and I was told this repeatedly, money is the root of all evil. You don't need money. Money's a bad thing. Money, you know, rich people are bad people. And, man, that stuff was pounded in my head there. It truly was. But you know what? Listen to this one, folks. I want you to look it up, and I looked it up here, but I want you to do it in case, for whatever reason, you don't believe me here. First Timothy Verses 6 and 10, 6, 10. For the love of money is a, you hear that, folks? For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Money is not the root of all evil. Money is a root of all evil. You know what? Anything that you put above, and pretty much what the Bible verse is saying here, anything you put above God, anything you put on a pedestal as you're, you're, are, uh, um, that you serve, if you become a servant of money, then it's a root of all evil. Well, so is anything else, right? Think about it. If you put food above everything else, now we need to eat. I get that. But I'm talking about, you know, gluttony, anything, then that's a root of evil. Not the root. The means the one and only. 
a root. Now, I don't want to get going on you know, all the Bible verses and this and that, but I want to get that point across because this was a mindset I had to get rid of because I truly thought that. I truly thought anybody, any person that was rich was a bad person. Well, you've got a lot of wealthy people that are bad people, no doubt about it. But you've got a heck of a lot more poor people that are bad people than the number of wealthy people because there's more you know, people, uh, I guess, lower class or whatever, whatever classification. I've been all, all over the spectrum there. But I do know this. When I, um, I was so determined to make money, to make money, for people to know me and this and that, when I first filmed my first video in 1999 because I wanted to prove myself. One, I wanted to prove that you know, I could do it. Two, I wanted to let my mom, I was trying to prove something my dad, dad, I can do this. I can do this. Dad, be proud of me. Dad, dad, dad. I was always trying to prove myself to dad. My mindset was get rich, get famous. That was in 1999, but that had built up for the longest time prior to that. Well, guess what? That video, Kick to Get Fit, flopped. I mean, nothing, 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 nothing. So I uh, give everything I got all to go bankrupt in 2001. Yeah, my focus was wrong. 2002, I filmed a couple more. Well, actually, three more. They didn't do so well either. Now, the kids' one is still selling and still moving along, so I'm happy about that. But it wasn't until I had a mindset shift, and that was just 2013, 14, so just a few years ago. And that's because I started hanging around with a different group of people, people that are actually extremely wealthy. But they all follow people like Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, Jim Rome, Brian Tracy, all these mentors that I'm around now, one of my mentors I'm working with right now, Chris Widener, the mindset is different. The mindset is money is a path to help out others. Money is a path to live a better life. Money is a path to live uh, with less stress. Now I'm like, what? No, 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 no. Anybody that makes over this amount of money is not a good person because money is the root of all evil. I just read it to you in the Bible. Money is a root of all evil, just like anything else. If you're addicted to sex, that's a root of all evil, right? (laughs) Yeah. If you eat 15 candy bars a day, that's a root of all evil. Anything that you become a servant of is a root of all evil. So I bring this up because the law of attraction, if you're thinking money is bad, it's kind of weird how this works, but you're actually pushing it away. Now, you don't want to say, I need it, I need it, I need it. Why do you need it? And this is where the change has come for me, folks. This is where the change has come. I now know. Now, hear me out. The more I'm able to make, I'm going to do something with it in a positive way. It wasn't always like that. It was all about me, 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 me. Well, me, 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 never got it. <laughs> now, I, and, and this is Tony Robbins' thing. He vowed, and what took him to the highest level, and, I, and I, forgive me, I forgot the, the mentor that he was working with that told him this. Heck, it might have been Jim Rome. For all, I, I need to research on that. But uh, it... Um, um, he said, you need give a minimum, you know, the old 10%, give your 10% ties, minimum of 10% of everything that comes in to charity, and I promise you'll reach that next level. And that's just like a book I read, The Richest Man in Babylon, talks about that very, very thing. Give, give, give. Have your success at the service of others. And I often hear people say, well, if I had a million dollars, I would give 10%. Would you really? That's $100,000. How you do that is you condition yourself. You condition yourself right now by giving, well, what what is 10% out of, uh, you know, if you got $10, you give a dollar. Are you willing to do that? Maybe we are, maybe we aren't. 
you have hundred dollars, you willing to give ten dollars? Maybe you are, maybe you're not. If you have a thousand dollars, are you willing to give a hundred dollars? Maybe you are, maybe you're not. But don't say if you had a million dollars, you would give a hundred thousand dollars. That is a chunk of change. But how you do that is you build yourself up to that. Now I shared with you last time, not to brag or to boast, but that's the mindset I have now. The studio it continues to grow. Guess what? I'm able to pay my employees more. That makes me feel good. I know that helps them pay their bills more. It makes them feel good. Now, I suggest they you know, offer to them, hey, this is what I've been doing, giving more and more to charity. And they see that firsthand with what we do. 100% of concession sales every month goes to charity. We've got a, a uh, check-in app. When people check in, every single month, uh, we would pay $100 a month to this check-in app, and that all goes toward a cause. This month, every, every what is it, um, oh, goodness gracious, I think it's every 10 check-ins, is a, a, a coat, a hat, gloves, and scarf to a homeless uh, victim, somebody that's out on the streets. That's wonderful. And that's uh, what our, our charity is going to this month as well. And I think we've already gotten 500 bucks this month already uh, to charity because it's been cold out here in the Midwest, and people are giving a little bit more into the uh, donation jar. That makes me feel wonderful. Now, I'll tell you, at first, I was a little hesitant. Like, oh, man, you know, it's uh, three or $400 a month uh, that, that, you know, income's coming in. We've got to pay for this. You know, and I said, you know, we're, we're just freaking doing it. We'll find a way. And guess what? By putting others first, Having the white, white why, <laughs> listen to me, wackety wabbit, right why, <laughs> it, I, we don't even miss it now. And I know it's going to a good cause and I feel so much better about it. And I mentioned on the last show, my goal this year, putting it out there in the universe, is to give a minimum of $25,000 to charity. Not all at once, it's going to be spread out, but by doing that, I know I'm making a difference. By helping the studio grow, not only enhancing the lives of so many kids out there and adults, making them, helping them live a better life. I'm able to you know, pay our employees more. I used to be a one-man band. My mindset was not in the right place. And that's why I'm spending so much time doing research, so much time reading, so much time surrounding myself with people that you know, have knowledge that, that I never dreamed of having before because they know how to get there. So money is a root of all evil. But anything that you become a servant of is a root of all evil. You know, Zeke Ziegler talks about, and uh, he was um, a very spiritual man. Gosh darn. I wish I could have met him, but unfortunately he'd passed away. The, the truth be told, the only way I found out about him was one of the, back in 2012, um, one of the, I guess, newer friends I started surrounding myself with, they had posted on their timeline, you know, the passing of Zeke Ziegler. And I'm like, well, who the heck's this Zeke Ziegler guy? Well, I started following this person, and, you know, they, they referenced him, and I looked it up. And matter of fact, that was one of the first books, uh, audio books I got, was Better Than Good by Zeke Ziegler. And it was a seven-disc audio book. And that was back in the time that every time the kids would get in the car, they'd be like, Dad, do we have to listen to this Zig Ziegler guy? I'm like, yes, we got to listen. This is positive. <laughs> Getting on to them for not wanting to listen to it. Oh, I'm a nut. But, uh, um, yeah, it's kind of they're getting, they're getting in trouble, and I'm supposed to be listening to something positive. But anyway, Zig Ziegler, a very spiritual man, and he would often say that a lot of his religious friends would say, hey, how do you consider yourself a Christian? Always talking about money. You know, that's uh, the root of all evil. So even he <laughs> had friends or people around him that misunderstood that. But it's right there in the Bible. It's a root of all evil. And he said the exact same thing I'm saying to you. Yes, it is a root of all evil to some people if you become a servant of it. But it's the people. It's the person. You grow into it. And that's kind of the message of Jim Rome and Zeke and all these great mentors 
that some have passed on, but they've left their message for so many, you grow into that person. That's why the majority of the lottery winners, and I'm talking, uh, I think the last statistic I looked up, 85 to 90% of people that win the lottery within five years are back to where they were before they won the lottery because they never grew into the person that could handle the money. They never grew into that. That's why the, the ladder, the stairway to success is not an elevator because that elevator come crashing down. It's a climb. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's, a, it's a tough climb. And there are days when you think, I don't want to do this anymore. I think that quite often, more times than I like to admit, but I keep moving along. My problem is I need to every once in a while look and say, oh, cow, I have climbed a massive amount of steps here. I'm not going to give up now. And oftentimes I just see how far I want to go. So if you're, you're like me in that regard, stop every once in a while and take a look back. It's like, whew, oh, I've climbed some steps here. I mean, next month will be our 21st year of business. 21 years. Wow, wow, wow. Two bankruptcies, house foreclosure, car repossessions. <laughs> I had some pretty serious health issues along the way there. Uh, ulcers, stress, all that stuff self-inflicted. I did it to myself. Nobody to blame. But now I realize that was just a stepping stone. You had to go through those things. Would I have liked to take in an elevator? Heck yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. Bang. But probably what would have happened, I would have come crashing down. And you might be saying, well, dude, you come freaking crashing down with your bankruptcies. Yeah, I did. But I really wasn't very high on the staircase when that happened. <laughs> I thought I was, but I wasn't because I didn't have the right mindset and I didn't grow into the, the person I wanted to be. Now the mindset is, and I'm not going to lie to you, yeah, uh, wife wants to redo the kitchen. She wants to do, redo this just like Professor Bleso talked about. you got to have money to do that. And I want to be able to pay the bills without being stressed. Man, are we going to be able to make uh, payroll this month? I still go through those things. But my goal is we're going to do more, but I'm going to do more with it for the right, right, right reasons. Therefore, it's sustained growth, and therefore, it's for the right reasons. And guess what? I sleep a heck of a lot better at night, too. Yeah. So let's eliminate that from our vocabulary. Money is the root of all evil. Anybody talks badly about that, obviously, well, and and I don't want to chastise them because I thought the exact same thing as short as three or four years ago. Yeah. And the first first time I heard Zig Ziglar talk about money, I automatically, a red flag went off in my head. And it was like, oh, man, I thought he was a good guy. He was going to start talking about money. I did. I thought that very thought because that gosh darn seed had been planted since I was a kid. I had to dig that crap up. And there's still stuff I'm digging up and throwing out. Because when you got 45 years, 44, whatever it was, I'm 47 now, years of, of, of that garbage being planted, man, that is festered into a flow, full, full, I'm tongue-tied. I'm getting all excited here. Full-blown tree. I got to cut that tree down, man. That's, that thing's rotten to the core. I got to plant a new seed. And that new seed is if you do what's right with it, Money can help out so many people. It can. You know, anytime I see somebody on the street and my kids know it, I'm going to give them a couple bucks. You know, we come out from a blues game the other day and Emmett goes, hey, Dad, do you have the, the money ready for the guy? He doesn't know who it is. I see. Yeah, I do, buddy. Now, obviously, I'm very protective uh, of my kids there. I don't want somebody to <laughs> grab them or hurt them or this or that. But some homeless guy laying there on, uh, uh, under some cardboard boxes. 
you doggone right I'm going to give them a few dollars. And what I've done is I've planted that seed in my, my kids' heads. They know that. Now, I tell them, look, you got to be safe. you got to be cautious. You know, you, you hold Dad's hand. Or actually, a lot of times what I'll do is if uh, it, it, we're not in a big crowded area, I'll have them stand behind me, and I'll hand them the money. If we're in a big crowded area and they maybe they're playing a guitar and they've got a thing there or maybe they just got a cup, they'll go and put the, you know, 2 or $3 in. But you know what? By doing those things, I'm planting the right seed saying, hey, give to others. Now, I'm not telling you that so you think or hope maybe think, oh, that, that guy's a good guy. Hopefully I've proven that I am a, hopefully a good guy. <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm telling you that so you'll start doing it too. You'll plant those seeds with others. You'll plant that. You'll, you'll, you'll dig up those, you know, uh, wrong. That's all they are is misguided thoughts of money's a bad thing. Now, I know I spent most of the podcast talking about that, but the whole point is I am more successful now than I have ever been because of this mindset. I give away more than I've ever given away in my entire life because of this mindset. I've given 250-something speeches over the past two years to grade schools and elementary schools and middle schools and high schools, and then another one today to this uh, ladies' group. Free. Free. Why? Because schools, they need that. We're planting the seeds. This ladies' group is a volunteer organization. I'm not about to charge them. Now, when I go to corporations and go to um, you know, businesses that are paying me to be there, yeah, 500000 bucks. I want to continue to increase those fees because why? Like I said, I want to pay my employees more. I want to spread the wealth. I want to give some to the homeless people on the streets that can't afford it. I want to uh, give more to the uh, people that need hats, scarves, coats, gloves. That's what I want to do that for. But places like schools, and by the way, huge shout out to my teacher friends out there. Man, oh, man, oh, man, oh. And I say this a lot, and I'm going to continue to say this. Teachers, you are some of the hardest working, underappreciated people on the planet. Now, I get it. Some of you are saying, well, man, I'm out in the freezing cold climbing power lines, or I'm digging ditches, or I'm working in sewage. And yes, you are. And I have done every single one of those, by the way. I work drain tile construction uh, <laughs> in basements going through sewer lines and pipes and milk cows, shoveled horse poo. I've done a lot here. But teaching, here's the thing. Why it's so tough is because not only are you trying to educate the 26-plus kids the teachers have in their classroom, but they've got to battle with the parents who can't handle one or two kids, (laughs) but yet they're trying to tell the teacher how to teach 26 kids. Think about that for a minute. Yeah. And then here being in the state of Illinois, oh, my gosh, our education system is a mess, just like everything in Illinois. Ah, what a mess. But anyway, that's kind of a sidebar. But they're doing that. Now, are there some bad teachers? (laughs) Yes, of course. Are there some bad police officers? Yes. Bad firefighters? Yes. Bad podcast? (laughs) Hopefully not this one. Yes. Bad martial arts instructors? Bad construction workers? Bad parents? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. There's 7.5 billion people on the planet. You're going to have some bad seeds here and there. But here's the deal. As I mentioned, about 95 to 97% of your life is pretty doggone good. I would gather to say that 98% of the teachers are pretty doggone good. But here's the deal. And I'm, you know what? My, my, my daughter, Madeline, um, she's had some that <laughs> maybe weren't the best teachers on the planet. But what do we focus on? Unfortunately, that fear-based mindset, we focus on the negative ones more than we do the positive ones. She's, had, she's a freshman this year, and Austin's a senior. Uh, and then they've had some wonderful teachers all the way through. But those just get disregarded because, oh, you know what, they should be. But the 
bad ones. I shouldn't say bad. Well, they just weren't the best. Those are the ones you think about. Same thing when you're thinking about if you go to a restaurant. You expect to have good service, and you should. You should. But oftentimes we don't praise and reward good service or a good meal or a good setting. We're too quick to criticize when something isn't 100% perfect. Why is that? I don't know. (laughs) Well, I do know. It's the mindset. It's the mindset. A lot of times we're actually looking for bad without even knowing it because that's what we're projecting out there. Now, I've had been to restaurants and it's been, you know, terrible service and like, oh, I'll never go back. And I I used to say those things too. Gosh darn. And I, of all people, worked in a restaurant for like eight years. Holy cow. Uh, And that, you know, teachers, I love you. But I tell you, uh, I almost think teachers right out of college should work in a restaurant for a year before going into teaching to realize how good you got it. Your job's tough. It really, really is. But restaurant work, whoo, that's up there too, man. Oh, my gosh. Some days, some days it seemed like nobody was ever happy about anything. Oh, man, another person going to complain? Well, guess what? Now I know it. You threw that out there. <laughs> You're going to have more people complain. Law of attraction, folks. So kind of circled around a little bit here, bing, bang, boom, but I definitely want to give the shout-out to the teachers out there. Uh, you're wonderful. Keep doing the great job that you're doing because I know it's an old cliche, but the children are our future. And you know what the thing about old cliches? They've stood the test of time, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they got to have some merit, right? Yeah. But teachers, you keep doing what you're doing. The children are our future, and they're the ones, as we get continue to season, folks, we don't get older. We just season like fine wine, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, as we continue to season, these are the kids that are going to be taking care of us. So we got to make sure we do a good job of planting the right seeds in their head, planting the right seeds of manners, discipline, respect. That's why we work so hard at the academy for that very, very reason. I guess maybe I'm a little selfish. Yeah. How am I selfish? Because I want the kids that are taking care of me when I get older or seasoned to be good, to be respectful, to appreciate giving to the needy, to appreciate money, but not make it the root of all evil or a root of all evil, but appreciate that the harder you work, the more honest you are, the more you have a mindset of serving and helping others, the more you're going to bring in. And the more you're going to bring in, the more good you can do with it. Now, is everybody going to get this message? No. Can I change that, you know, tenth of one percent of gajillionaires that are not very good people? No. Can I change the, I don't know, I'd gather to say 80, 90 percent of people that, you know, are uh, not gazillionaires, <laughs> their, their mindset? Well, hopefully, maybe I can. Maybe I can. And maybe I can plant that right seed. Maybe you can do as I've done and start reading books like The Richest Man in Babylon. Read those things. That is a great, great book. Or read the book. Another one of my favorites is The Alchemist. Wow. Great book about just continuing to not give up. There is no elevator success. You're going to have roadblocks. You're going to have failures. But continue to battle through and believe in yourself. And for our friends out there in the martial arts industry that I got a huge following, which I'm so very thankful and grateful for. I, 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 well, everybody that listens to the show, all your comments, feedback, suggestions, uh, all the Facebook pages continue to grow. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. I, I, I truly love you for what you're doing to help me develop, uh, not only, I guess I've always had a voice, but a platform now to deliver this message. And you continue to share this with others because, truthfully, the tribe we're building, working together to help others, you know, not feel guilty about, especially in the martial arts industry, about turning a profit. 
you know, for the longest time, uh, you know, my instructor and the federation I was with was, oh, you can't, uh, it, it should be a hobby. It shouldn't be a job. It, it should be a hobby and you shouldn't make money at it. You shouldn't. Well, why not? Uh, but I bought into that. And I was a one-man band doing absolutely everything. The studio was struggling. I could never pay the bills. I was unhappy. I wasn't a very good parent. I wasn't a very good husband because I was never around. And when you work 100, 110 out of the 168 hours in a week, <laughs> how can you be a good person? I had knots, ulcers. It just wasn't good because what was I, I had no idea what I was doing. But I kept saying, well, they're right. Money's bad. Money's bad. I can't make money. It's crazy. But that's the vibe I was putting out there. Now, don't sell your soul to the devil, so to speak, by making money a or the root of all evil. Don't do that, but do it for the service. Now my mindset is, the more successful the studio is, now I'm able to actually pay my instructors who have been with me for 10 plus years. Now they were kids growing up through the ranks and stuff, but I can pay them and I can pay them well. And what does that do? That helps them live a better life. Yeah, they're not stressed. And then I encourage them. They see what I'm doing with the charity. They can give more. It's just a trickle effect, but it's all about changing that mindset. It truly is. I'm sharing this with you because I thought the exact same thing. It's, oh, you can't have good, successful studio and quality students and make a business out of it. Yes, you can. That is a very limited, closed mindset. Open that thing up. Open that thing up. Now, the problem is what happens, and this could be money or any type of power. Abraham Lincoln so wisely said, most men can handle adversity, but you really want to test a man's character? Give him power. Think about that. Most men, or women, I mean, he, that I was quoting exactly Abraham Lincoln, but I'll just say most people. Sorry, Abraham. <laughs> most people can handle adversity, but if you really want to test their character, give them power. Chew on that. And what is power? Well, whatever perceived power is, the authority to, you know, uh, bosses. One of my students actually posted this on our page. I thought it was great. She put, leaders lead, bosses boss. I'm like, yeah, that a girl. I was really proud of her. She just uh, became a red belt. So a little shout out to Olivia. Good job, girl. I'm proud of you. Anyway, um, that was a good one, right? Leaders lead, bosses boss. But that's true. Power. If you know, and, and I talk to my instructors all the time, and I talk to our young instructors coming up, and I always tell them, I want you to command a present, not demand a presence. And the difference is you command it by the respect that you give the students, and in turn they'll give it back to you about you're going to lead by example, not demand it. Demand it is, I am the instructor. You listen to me, or you're going to do push-ups. I am the instructor, and what I say goes. You need to listen to me. That's demand. No, nobody likes to be demanded to do anything. Nobody does. Do you like when your boss demands you do this? I demand you to do this. Now, of course, if they said, I command you to do this, (laughs) it kind of goes along the same way. But you're demanding a command. No, you command it by the person you have become. And you have to grow into that person. You have to earn their respect. But the best way to earn their respect, and I tell this to instructors all the time, because it was a hard lesson for me. I don't know how many times I would say, I'm the, and I'm like, oh my gosh. But I would say it. I'm the instructor. You need to listen to me. I was like, I, oh. I don't need to say I hated myself, but I sure as heck didn't like myself. And I hated myself even more by even thinking that thought. And those thoughts still pop in my head, but boom, 
quick, well, I haven't popped in in a while now because I'm so used to telling the instructors what, <laughs> what not to do. It's a good reminder for me not to do it, but command it. And the best way to gain respect is to show respect for others. And I know some of you out there probably said, yeah, but they, they don't respect me. Well, some people, for whatever reason, aren't going to respect you. But I promise, the majority of the people, you show respect to them. You command their respect by you respecting them. It's going to go full circle. It's when you start demanding things that people lose respect for you. And there are people out there that, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they're not mature enough. Maybe they're not, um, they, uh, the self-esteem, self-respect for themselves, if they don't respect themselves, it's very difficult for them to respect anybody else. And that's a different dialogue for me, too, because before I'd say, well, you know what? Maybe they're just freaking jerks. Yeah, that's what it is. Well, then that doesn't make me any better because I'm now stooping their level and calling them names, right? Don't do that. You know, feel sorry for them. Obviously, they, they have little respect for themselves, so they're unable to respect anybody else. They have little love, confidence for themselves, so it's hard for them to show that to others. And there's where my, you know, little bit of maturity and growth and wisdom has taken place. And how do I have this? How do I know this? The people I surround myself with, planting the right seeds, digging up the garbage of years past. And I'm telling you, 40-something years of that garbage, boom. And that's what was planted. And, uh, you know, my parents, I mentioned I love them to death. That's just how they grew up. And that's sometimes the, uh, the paradigm or your digital blueprint, blueprint that you're born with. You know, their parents passed it on to them. My parents or your parents passed it on to you. And if you don't do a better job, you're going to pass it on to your kids. I say you, I should say we, because I need to do uh, a continue. I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job, but I know I could do better to set that example. And that goes with change that paradigm. Change it. Don't make money the central focus of everything, but think about what it can do to help out others, how many more people you can help. There you go. And by doing that, by doing that mind, or having that mindset, that's that abundance mindset. How many more people can I help with this? I promise you, things will start changing just as they've done for me. And I'm nobody special, folks. I'm not. I'm a farm boy. Grew up, blue collar, tried and true, hard worker, you know, and uh, I, I got through school, but it, it, was, it wasn't the easiest thing for me. And I, I, granted, I could have done a little better and focused a little harder, but, uh, you know, and that's why I try and now almost the, the hypocrite side, hey, you need to do, and, 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 you know, before, you need to do better because, because why? No, I say I want you to do better because I know that I had to struggle a lot because I didn't put in my very best. And that's another thing. You pay the piper sooner or later. You know, it, it, you either pay for the price of success now, as, as Zig Ziglar says, or you pay for the price of failure. Meaning, I used to think, and he talked about this a lot, and I used to say the same thing. You got to pay the price. And he, <laughs> Zig Ziglar would say he'd get his voice real high. You got to pay the price. And he says, no, you, you don't pay the price for success. You put in the work and pay the price early, sort of like you pay the fee early. And then you reap the benefits of success or you don't and you pay the severe price at the end of regret and failure. Meaning you get on that elevator and it may be a quick little rise, but sooner or later that baby's going to crash down and you're going to be stuck. Take the steps. Of course, I'm, you know, <laughs> hypothetical scenario here, but, uh, um, well, you know, actually taking the steps, get a little bit of a workout than taking the elevator. But I'm talking about your road to success. Don't take any shortcuts. Don't take any easy routes. Um, don't take anything that you feel like, eh, well, it's not that bad. 
You breach that integrity, baby. You planted that seed. That thing will grow out of control, and it will become a permanent fixture in your mind. It will be extremely hard to uproot. I'm telling you from experience. I, as I mentioned, I used to take a few shortcuts. I didn't think it would hurt anybody. I didn't do it to be deliberate. I didn't do it to, you know, well, you know what? I did. I Think about it now. I did it for self-gain. Why? Because, well, you know, it's like, well, if you don't take care of yourself, nobody else is going to. So, you know, a little shortcut here and there. That's just how what you got to do to get by. I was told those things, and I believe those things. In my heart, I didn't. But my mind was like, you know what? That's right. You know, everybody's doing it. Why not? You know, it ain't going to hurt. It's just this little bitty thing. And maybe it didn't, but what it did do, it planted that seed. And that seed has grown into something big that I'm digging up and big digging up for years. But boy, oh boy, I got that thing. I'm getting down to the fertile soil, and I'm planting the right seeds now, and it's taking me in the direction I want to be. And with my prayer, every single day, I first I give gratitude and thanks for the wonderful family I have, the opportunities that I have to serve others. The biggest thing, my prayer, God, please help me be a better father, a better husband, a better mentor, author, uh, empower than I was yesterday. Overall, God, please give me the wisdom to be a better person today than I was yesterday so I can help people live their best kick in life. I know, it sounds crazy. Now you say best possible life, but now I'm tying everything into the kick in life, right? Kind of bringing it in together, sending it out there in the universe, but asking for that. Please help me be the best person so I can use my God-given gift to inspire and empower as many people as possible. It's that mindset of giving. It's a different one for me. It truly is. Now, it does take time. And too many times uh, I've heard people say, well, I read that book you suggested, or I, I did what you said, and you know, I was you know, trying to give money. I gave a dollar here and a dollar there, and I got nothing in return. Well, don't give it hoping to get something back. That kind of kills the whole dang thing. Give it because it's the right thing to do. Now, that will take some time to change that mindset. And I don't know how many years it's going to take, but it will take some time because you're doing it from the heart, not doing it to get something back. Well, I said, please do them. How come they didn't give it to me? <laughs> That's a kid's thing. I hear that a lot. Kids say, well, I said, please, and I still didn't get it. Well, just because you say please doesn't mean you're always going to get what you want. Just because you give a homeless guy a dollar doesn't mean you're going to suddenly, uh, $100 is going to fall in your lap. That's the wrong intent. Okay. And hopefully I kind of got that point across. All right. Well, folks, we've been going at it a while now. Gosh darn, as always, you know, I, I, I love you. Even though, uh, um, you know, I can't see you, I, I know I feel that positive energy, and I'm so very grateful for the the podcast continues to grow. Uh, our Facebook page, our fan page, Kicking Life Guru, Master Rich Grogan, continues to grow. I love your comments, feedback, suggestions, and I love that you're sharing this with others to kind of continue to build that tribe because that's how we're going to do it, folks. That is how we're going to do it. That's how we're going to live our best kick in life. That's how we're going to build a generation of kids that are better mannered, more respectful, more disciplined, and have a you know better work ethic as far as how what they can do to be the best they can be to help out others. That's what we're doing here. So, as always, you can find our podcast at uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast from. I love the fact that you're listening. Please share with others. And, folks, I mean this. Thank you so much for your time. And until we talk again, you get out there and do your best, and I promise you'll be your very best. God bless you. God bless your loved ones. Can't wait to talk to you again real soon. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. 
Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to another exciting Kickin' Life podcast. This is Master Rich Grogan, your Kickin' Life guru, reminding you you can find our podcast online at kickinlifepodcast.com or through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast. Tune in next week. Another exciting show coming your way. In the meantime, you get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you real soon. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.